out the death letter again, but this time I concentrated on a blurred postmark on the envelope. I couldn't make out the city or exact date of mailing, but I could just barely see the year stamp. A letter had been mailed last year, and by one of those strange accidents that happen once in a while, had taken over a year to arrive at its destination. And I was willing to bet that it had been mailed in St. Louis shortly after the Joe Evold story was big news down there. Dawson and I went to St. Louis, and we located Martin Cantrell with practically no trouble at all. In a cemetery. He'd been living under an assumed name, but it was easy enough to track him by description. Maybe he'd meant to kill Warwick. Probably he did. But he died first in a rooming house fire. And what did kill Warwick? A heart attack. Brought on by cumulative fear and tension. Like I said, there are many ways of dying. And being frightened to death is just as permanent as any. Calling all detectives. Hundreds of people claim the estate of a man who left six million dollars. But I wasn't sure that he was dead. That is the problem on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning... Private detective. When a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, gets a case, he can't always tell where it's going to lead. The man who entered my office was small, nervous, and clutched a tightly furled umbrella. Are you Browning? The sign in your window says Jerry Browning, private detective. That you? I smiled. Yeah, that's me. Sit down and tell me what I can do for you. No time to sit down when a man's rights are in danger. Elliot's my name, Franklin Elliot, second cousin once removed to Harold Elliot. Ever hear of him? I shook my head. No, the name isn't familiar. It will be. Harold Elliot, big mining man, worth six million dollars, only he's dead. They're trying to keep me from getting my rightful share of his estate. I want you to talk to his lawyer, protect my rights. Well, I've had a lot of experience with people who thought they were entitled to part of a big estate. So, that's a pretty expensive procedure, Mr. Elliot. I assume your cousin died without leaving a will. But proving your right to share in what he's left can take time, a lot of work, and... Elliot took some crumpled bills from his pocket, tossed them on my desk. There's $500. Will that get you started? I gulped. Yeah, that'll get me started. Then get started. I'll be back tomorrow. I had no trouble finding the lawyer handling the late Harold Elliot's estate or getting in to see him. But when I did... Mr. Browning, over 200 Elliots have already filed claim against the estate and we're getting new ones at the rate of 10 a day. What's more, I'm not even convinced Harold Elliot is dead. I'll pay you $1,000 if you can prove Harold Elliot is still alive. I've often had more than one client on a case, but their interests were always identical. This time, if I proved Harold Elliot was alive, I'd certainly be acting against the interests of my clients. On the other hand, Franklin Elliott certainly couldn't inherit any money so long as the basic fact of his cousin's death was in doubt. The facts were simple enough. Harold Elliott had disappeared from his yacht while cruising off the coast of Florida. The claimants to his estate insisted that he was dead had fallen overboard. His lawyer wasn't so sure. Well, Mr. Browning, will you take the case? I, uh, I'll have to think it over. I'll let you know. The next day, when Franklin Elliott came around to see me, I still hadn't made up my mind. 
Well, did you file my claim when I get the money? Things don't work that fast, Mr. Elliott. I told you that yesterday. I'm not even sure Harold Elliott is dead. What? Of course he's dead. Lawyer just wants to keep the money for himself, pulling wool over your eyes. Here, do you need some more money? That's when I lost my temper. Look, Mr. Elliott, I haven't done anything yet for the money you've already given me. What's more, I'm not sure I can do anything, so here's your retainer fee back. It really hurt refunding that money, but I did it. Never met such a fool in my life. I'm living at the Corley Hotel. When you change your mind, come around and see me. There's nothing like starting out on a case good and mad. I called up Harold Elliott's lawyer. This is Jerry Browning. If you'll pay my expenses, I'll try to find out whether Mr. Elliott is alive or dead. But I won't accept any fee unless I prove the thing one way or the other. I started my investigation at the Florida home of the presumably late Harold Elliott. And there I was told... He sure was a queer one, Mr. Held. Used to be a prospector in Alaska. Made it too late to ever have any real fun out of it. New people down here think he's dead? Well, he's either dead or has a mighty good reason for pretending he is. I took a motorboat out to Elliot's yacht anchored offshore, talked to the captain and members of the crew. The evening on which Elliot disappeared had been calm. There'd been no guests on board. Nobody with anything to gain by tossing the old man over the side. The captain said, He was real restless, like he had something on his mind. Mr. Browning, I wouldn't be too surprised if the old boy was alive and around someplace. That's what I'm beginning to think. But why would he do it? What made him hunt for gold, Mr. Browning? Never enjoyed his money. He was, well, restless. It didn't take much effort to prove that Elliot had quite a lot of money with him when he disappeared. But that proved nothing. He always carried a lot of money around. I spent a week working my way up and down the Florida coast trying to find somebody who might have seen a man swim ashore or land in a small boat. I got nothing except cold stares from people who thought I was a revenue agent hunting smugglers. came back north with the conviction that Harold Elliott was probably alive, not in Florida, and that he'd never be found until the reason for his disappearance was learned. As soon as I landed, I headed for the lawyer's office. Mr. Browning, did you learn anything conclusive? I shook my head. No. I think he's alive, and I'm afraid that a court will rule him dead. The lawyer groaned. Oh, if only he'd made a will, it wouldn't have been so bad. This way, the estate will go into years of litigation. I've seen some drag on as long as 50 years, and in the end, nobody gets anything. Some people will spend more money establishing their right to inherit than they will ultimately receive if they win. I stared at the lawyer. Yeah, you're right. And that gives me an idea. I went on to the Corley Hotel where my former client, Franklin Elliott, was living. The place was a run-down old fire trap. I found Elliot lounging in the lobby and reading a Western magazine. Hello, Mr. Elliot. Elliot looked up. You, huh? Decided to come to your senses. Get me that money? I nodded. I'll get you the money, Mr. Elliot. All of it. Because you are Harold Elliot. Well, he blustered and squawked. But in the end, he admitted it. He'd grown tired of the kind of life he'd been leading. The money meant nothing, and it was his idea of fun 
to watch people squabble and scheme to get bits of it, and even to help along in the confusion himself. That's when I really laid it into him. There's so much good you can do with that money. Help kids grow up to be decent people. Help fight disease. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Well, that's how the Elliott Foundation got started. An organization that helps poor kids get an even break in life. I'm on the board of directors and... Yeah, I don't get paid. Like I said, when you start a case, it's liable to go in some strange directions. And sometimes you collect more than money. A new faith in people. Calling All Detectives is a Jerry Joss feature written by Ken Houston, directed by Alan M. Fishburne, with Paul Barnes in the role of Jerry Browning. This is WGN Chicago serving the Middle West.